0: Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 27th of January, in this brand new year in the Gregorian calendar. What's going on in the world today? Well, there's a big festival in Japan. Shall we go? We'll visit the ancient city of Nara, once Japan's capital, for the Wakakusa Yamayaki Festival and light a local mountain on fire. You heard me right. This is how our day will go at the 250-year-old celebration. First, we'll watch a fireworks display. Then we'll listen to a roll of trumpets as local firefighters set the dry grass of Nara Park's Mount Wakakusi on fire. As Mike K. Chen wrote for the New York Times, and I quote, Yamayaki translates as mountain burning, and theories behind its origins are as colorful as they are apocryphal, ranging from an internecine clan boundary dispute to attempts at confining ghosts to a mountaintop tomb. End quote. What else can we do at the Wakakusa Yamayaki Festival? We can participate in various games, including how far we can throw an oversized rice cracker. We can listen to music, and we can taste what's on offer at the food stalls. We'll also watch a procession of officials dressed in historical costumes as they make their way to the mountain ahead of the burning. Sounds like a good way to conquer the winter blahs, doesn't it? Off we go. This is Radio France International. Let's find out what's cooking in the sound kitchen. Before we get started, a friendly reminder. We're waiting for your World Radio Day greetings. It'll be here before we know it, and Erwan needs the time to put the show together, so don't wait until the last minute. Your greeting will not make it on the program, which would be very sad indeed. This year's theme is radio, a century informing, entertaining, and educating. But you don't have to write about the theme. Please feel free to say whatever you wish to your fellow radio lovers. Then get yourself under a blanket and record your greeting on your phone. Not too long, please. And send it to us as an attachment via email. We must have your recording by the 5th of February. So don't put it off. Here's Laura Angela with the address. You can write to Susan at the Sound Kitchen at rfi.fr. That's the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. Happy day, oh happy day. Guess who I'm looking at through the glass window in front of me? None other than our radio brother, Air One Boy, am I glad you're back, papito. Now, if only Paul Myers were here, our little tribe would be complete. Paul, as you know, is in Côte d'Ivoire covering the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament and sending wonderfully witty articles that I know you're not missing on our website, rfienglish.com. Paul will be back cooking with us as soon as the games are over. Still to come on the show, the listener's corner and yay music from Erwan so don't touch that dial Hello I am Ryan from RFI Fan Club Musudabad, India. This is the Sound Kitchen and Susan Venesby is cooking. Are you ready? I do hope so. And so do I, because it's time for the quiz. On the sixteenth of December, I asked you a question about COP twenty eight. RFI English journalist Amanda Morrow was there, and in her article, Nations Agree Historic Deal to Transition Away from Fossil Fuels, she explained why the agreement had to be written with the words transition away instead of phase out regarding fossil fuels. Which country objected to the term phase out? The answer is, to quote Amanda's article, The summit overran by a day, and the draft text put forward overnight Tuesday by the Emirati presidency was a last-minute bid to end a deadlock between crude oil producers, notably Saudi Arabia, and nations seeking a phase-out of oil, coal, and gas. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question suggested by Jayanta Chakraborty from New Delhi, India. What incident changed your life? You'll hear the answers later in the listener's corner, so stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI Listeners Club member Rafiq Kondakar from Naugaon, Bangladesh. Rafiq is also the winner of this week's bonus question. This is what he wrote... 20 years ago, I was unemployed. My mother sent me to visit a relative where I met one of his neighbors. I told him about my situation. The very next day, the gentleman came to our house and offered me a job as a school teacher. He did not expect me to pay him for the help he was offering, and I did not need to make a donation to the school. From that, I knew he was an honest man. I accepted his proposal immediately. I'm still a school teacher and a very good one. Rafik, would you like me to send stamps and postcards to you for your students? That offer goes to all the school teachers listening. Just ask. Congratulations to Rafik Kondakar for winning this week's bonus question quiz. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are RFI Listeners Club members, Father Stephen Wara, who lives in the Cistercian Abbey at Beminda, Cameroon, and Hans Werner-Lolica from Hedehusen in Denmark. Hello, Father Steve. Hello, Reverend Hans. We have a new listener to congratulate Miroslav Siles from Kosice, Slovakia. Welcome, Miroslav, and we certainly look forward to hearing from you regularly now. Last but certainly not least, Arundhati Mukherjee, who lives in West Bengal, India. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. RFI English journalist Jessica Phelan strikes again. She's our French history expert. And this past week, she did a piece on Alison Hurd and Sarah Els's excellent podcast, Spotlight on France, about a pioneering French female journalist, Françoise Giroud. Françoise Giroux worked in cinema first then moved into journalism and later politics when she became France's first women's issues minister in 1974. Listen to Jessica's story about Françoise Giroux on the Spotlight on France podcast number 106 and answer me this. What is the name of the news magazine she co-founded? Also tell me in which year she founded it and the name of her co-founder. Again, Listen to the Spotlight on France podcast number 106 and answer these three questions. What is the name of the weekly news magazine Françoise Giroux co-founded? What is the name of the other founder? And in which year was the magazine first published? You'll find the Spotlight on France podcast as well as an article Jessica wrote about Françoise Giroux on the Sound Kitchen page on our website rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. For the bonus question, before we forget about last year, what will you remember most about 2023? A personal event? A world event? A book you read? This week's bonus question is, what will you remember most about 2023? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please send them in. You have until the 19th of February to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question to me. Be sure to tune in on the 24th of February to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a Ms, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to English.service at That's English.service You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone dial +336 31129682 that's +336 always include your postal mailing address and if you have one your RFI club membership number i am erwan rom and i'm happy to be with you every week And now more from and about you. It's time for the Listener's Corner. The question you answered this week was suggested by Jayanta Chakrabarty from New Delhi, India. What incident changed your life? Unfortunately, it's sometimes great sadness that changes our lives. For Yemi Sande John Touré, it was heartbreak. He wrote, The incident that changed my life was when my girlfriend from the same country shut me off for a foreign guy due to religion and language. That hurts. Sorry, Yemi Sande John Touré. For Kashif Khalil, it was losing his mother He wrote that he was very close to her, and since her death, he feels, as he wrote, lonely and serious. Well, we cannot change that, but we can sit with you in your sorrow, Kashif. Here's another story of pain. It's from Habib Rehman Sehal. He wrote, In 2014... Six terrorists stormed the army public school in Peshawar and martyred 147 innocent students and teachers of the school. It was the highest death toll of children in the world in a single terrorist attack. This horrified the people of Pakistan and the world, and it's unforgettable. It's hard to accept that such things happen. Yes, Habib, it is unforgettable and should not be forgotten as we work towards making such things never happen again. For Father Stephen, it was the day he made his solemn religious profession in May of 1985. It was, as he wrote, an absolute life changer, turning my back definitively to the world of materialism, including a beautiful marriage to a pretty lady, and vowing to live the monastic life for the rest of my earthly sojourn. I'm yet struggling to persevere to the end by God's grace and your prayer's support. You have them, Father Steve. The incident that changed DePita Chakraborty's life also comes from a solemn vow, that of marriage. This is what she wrote. I had to move to a new place and lead a new life. Since ours was an arranged marriage where I never met my husband before, I had to make many adjustments to make our life happy. Yeah, bad to pita. Hopefully, Gianta made some adjustments too, or were you already perfect from that Jesuit education you had, or just really good at arguing your way out of it? Those Jesuits are one clever order. Here's what Gianta wrote: Joining a Jesuit missionary institution changed my life. From the beginning, we were counseled that educational institutions were not merely meant for gaining academic excellence, but as a training ground to be a man. Though I never understood the full meaning of that term at that tender age, I now understand that it means truthfulness, perseverance, and looking at life positively. These virtues and more changed my life forever. Jobs Good jobs. That's the case for Radhakrishna Pillai, who wrote, The incident that changed my life is my government job. After postgraduate and higher studies in journalism, I worked in print and visual media. But the appointment to the Information and Public Relations Department, Government of Kerala, changed my whole life. It's the same for Timothy Ofori. He said it was, as he wrote, pursuing a career in software engineering. I'm so glad to have made that decision. We'll close with DeBash's scope, and I think this is true for all of us. When I started to listen to radio, my life changed. Radio has shown me the way to be fully human. I have learned to understand both the good and the bad in our world. And that's that. Remember, everyone, this week's bonus question is, what will you remember about 2023? Do you have a bonus question idea? If so, send it to us at the sound kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at RFI.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. Hello, I'm Russ Franz a RFI Club member. From Kemugemba, Tarimemara, Tanzania. My greetings to all of my fellow listeners in East Africa, India, and all over the world. My message is make big babo, but not rabo. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to the returned hero, Erwan Rum, for his input and his mixing mastery. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about Belgium and the EU presidency. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website rfienglish.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to record your World Radio Day greetings and get them to us as soon as you possibly can. The deadline is the 5th of February, so don't put it off. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work. Be kind and stay in touch. And remember, do not confuse human beings, our brothers and sisters, with their governments. Salam, shalom, peace. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's also a musician. And he is, as you know, particularly fond of Cuban music, Fond is putting it lightly. He's nuts for it. After all, his instrument is the conga drums. So it's no surprise that after a month off, he's back with a celebrated Cuban pianist to introduce to us, Hilario Duran. Hilario Duran was born in Havana in 1953 into a musical family and in his 20s became the musical director of Cuba's most modern big band, Orquesta Cubana de Musica Moderna. He emigrated to Canada, where he still lives, in 1998, but his musical heart and soul have remained closely connected to the land of his birth. In 2009, his new country awarded him the One of the Ten Most Influential Hispanic Canadians. He's toured with Dizzy Gillespie and Michel Legrand and been the recipient of so many awards, amongst them a Grammy nomination, they're impossible to count. He runs a musical company in Toronto, and he teaches at the university level. Most importantly, Duran composes, arranges, and plays his piano. Erwan chose to introduce us to Hilario Duran through one of his arrangements. It's a piece by the 19th century Polish composer Frédéric Chopin. How about that? It's one of Chopin's more famous piano pieces, the fantasy impromptu, that Duran arranged for piano and Latin jazz big band. So without further ado, here it is. Hilario Duran's arrangement of Chopin's Fantasy Impromptu, performed and directed from the piano by Duran and his Latin jazz big band. Enjoy. And thanks again, Erwan, for another musical adventure. Talk to you all next week.